Galaxy Forum. I'm your host, Melissa Kaplan, and together we'll explore the creativity happening in the LCC Galaxy, in our classrooms and on campus, and connecting the work of our stars with our community. Today we're talking about the power of poetry, and I am so excited to welcome my guests, Barbara McCarty-Clower and Masaki Takahashi. Thank you both for being here. Barb's a professor in the Integrated English Department at Lansing Community College and founder-director of the LCC Community Generated Poetry Project. She began teaching here in 2001 and in 2017, inspired by a community-generated poetry conference session. She created the Poetry Project at LCC. She sees this as a culmination of decades of her classroom and overall worldview that's at the core of her own teaching and learning, working collaboratively, being open to new ideas, lifting up each other's voices, and really listening to what emerges. Masaki is a published spoken word artist and the host and founder of the Poetry Room Open Mic out of Lansing, Michigan. He's pivoted since the pandemic started to help his community by partnering the Poetry Room with local nonprofits to raise donations for these organizations. His showcases feature local and Michigan voices and well-known national artists. He holds a Bachelor of Arts in Media Sciences and Technology from Michigan State University, works in software development by day. Masaki's a wonderful performer and a really valued guide, and he's most proud of his workshops with students in the Lansing School District and the Refugee Development Center. I'm so excited for us to talk about the power of poetry, but first, I, I just have to acknowledge the year 2017 that was mentioned in, in Barb's intro because for me, that's a year when, for all three of us, some really powerful creative work took place. For me, I, I was on sabbatical, and I really began exploring and developing a passion for interdisciplinary connections. Masaki, that's when you and I first met during the Renegade Theater Festival, and you were getting ready to launch the Poetry Room, and you did an open mic at, at uh, the Blue Owl during Renegade. Um, and Barb, you and I first really connected and, and kind of imagined working collaboratively together uh, at that conference, that Imagining America conference, where you were just so inspired uh, about community-generated poetry. So, you know, in the galaxy, I feel like our stars really aligned in 2017, so I'm, I'm, I'm so pleased to, to bring us all together to, to talk today. And, and I've, so, first of all, thank you. Thank you both for being here. Thank you for asking. And Barb, let's start with the Community Generated Poetry Project. Tell us about that. What is it? How does it work? Who's involved? And what does, yeah, what do you do? It, it, it can almost be anything. Um, yeah, back in 2017, uh, we were at a conference for Imagining America out in UC Davis in California. And I happened to attend uh, a session about community-generated poetry. And I think it was being on the other side of the country when the session um, creator asked, who wants to be involved? Let's write a poem together. I just put my hand up with, nobody knows me. Let's try this. And um, I just was so inspired by what it is, is sort of gathering raw material from a multitude of voices, and then another set of voices pulling things out of that, seeing what emerges, weaving together a poem that then represents so many different layers, things that are hard to say, um, 
things that surprise us. So uh, what happened here at LCC is I came back and I loved being part of that process so much. I'm like, I gotta try this with my students. I was teaching intro to poetry at the time, so it seemed kind of perfect. And I just sort of used them as, as laboratory mice after asking them. <laughs> <laughs> and I told them about my experience and um, I gave them some prompts. And they just jumped right in with the most amazing language. It was so fun to weave it together. I have one of those poems to share today, the one that kind of is the first bookend. And then um, I started thinking about how can I switch this around so that others have that creative experience I had weaving together all those voices. So that's how it evolved into having students write the poems from Raw Material Collected. We've done tiny projects, huge projects. I've been so excited to be part of your interdisciplinary work with things like We Shall Overcome and Please Stay. And, and this idea about how it gives voice to hard things to say. And that inspires me every time. What do you think uh, it is about it that, that allows uh, you to give voice to hard things to say? For sure, it's this layer of anonymity. I know in our lives, it feels like these days, anonymity does bad things. <laughs> it lets people behave in, in um, shocking ways, I guess. But, but for the Poetry Project, uh, the raw material is most often connect, uh, collected anonymously. So when things like Please Stay that was talking about suicide awareness and depression, it can be really hard to talk about those things and put it to your own name. And um, so I think this layer of anonymity where really raw things come out, then the next group of people, the poets, it, um, for the most part, these aren't their words, but they are seeing what's there and weaving them together. And that adds another layer of power in terms of just being able to say, just being able to say the thing. You know, I love that you call it raw material, the, the responses that, that primarily students give to these, these prompts, mm -hmm. because you just said it's, it's raw emotion. Yeah, and that it really, fits. It fits perfectly. Um, and having been in a room where you've created, where you've, you've guided a group of poets to put together this raw material. It's really fascinating. Can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, so that people can get a picture with like the sticky notes and things? Yeah, well, it's evolved a lot um, going all virtual. So that has been, you know, it's one of those things where this has been a rough few years to do the biggest understatement ever. But um, for the Poetry Project, having to uh, think about how to adapt what seems like a really visceral in-person process to doing things online has been um, powerful and important. But in the beginning, kind of what it is, is you know when I was working just with real hard copy things, and you mentioned sticky notes, um, we write a questionnaire, get a lot of responses to that, and then I put the hard copy of that questionnaire in front of the students when they are the ones writing the poems, literally with highlighters and sticky notes, and you just start finding language that stands out to you, writing it off to the side, talking to each other, weaving it together. Um, I have some of the pictures that make me laugh the most is a wall of sticky notes with a group of students in front of it moving them around like a little puzzle. And um, just the creative process for them, um, pulling on the creativity of the contributors, it's just really cool to watch and be a part of. Definitely, and, and as you talk about it, I, I think about how, you know, physically people are able to, to actually physicalize the participation. You know, people often think of writing as something, you know, you're doing with your pen, your paper, or, you know, keyboard or a device mm -hmm. that's in your head, but to be up and moving around, moving little sticky notes. Mm -hmm. You said, I want to bring Masaki into it, and you said something about um, adapting, how you had to adapt from being in person, as we all have, to doing this virtually. And and Misaki, uh, I know you have 
done, as you said, a huge pivot with the Poetry Room Open Mic, which um, for for some years, since you, you started in 2017, has just been a jam at the Robin Theater in Lansing. People lined up to, to, to get on the list to, to, um, to speak and then absolutely packed. But you've, you've, tell us about the Poetry Room, how you started that, and then also how you've adapted it to our virtual uh, way of communicating these days. Well, thank you, Melissa. Um, it's been such an honor to, to have this um, platform. Um, it was Dylan's idea, Dylan Rogers from the uh, from the Robin Theater. Uh, he said, "Hey, I have this venue. Do you want to do an open mic?" He's he's known that I've I've, I've been in like the poetry scene for a while. Um, I kind of stopped because a lot of us, when we grow up and graduate and we get into our full time jobs, we kind of like lose a bit of a creative juices a bit um and this really resurrected that for me um with the virtual event it was just a lot of trial and error um um i'm very fortunate of having a great and well-known national act um who are my friends that people i could call on i have very talented friends as we all do when you immerse yourself into an art across this country. And though um, it's not as cool as in person, but I'm able to reach everybody and the talent level just goes up. And I was able to introduce everybody to the talent that we do have in Lansing and Lansing to new talents as well. And um, I think everything has a silver lining. Yeah, I absolutely. I, it's in the the when i've gone to the the virtual events and yeah seen the national talent you've brought in and then heard our own locals it's it definitely raises the bar and uh and it makes incredible connections i was just um just recently uh your your poetry room open mic you brought in a couple of artists including alex dang and you had a great conversation about uh poetry in different communities and how it is really in some of them it's it's I'll use the word evolved but like in Baltimore you were talking about uh, the you were recently at a slam in Pompano Beach exit 36 the Baltimore crew took all the prizes um, Portland has a, a a scene um what do you think about the Lansing scene and uh how, have you seen it uh change um since you've been been involved in in the poetry room um i think the change has overall been um the poetry room a friend of mine says uh the events take on the personality of the host and i think that's very much true because i came from a place where iron sharpens iron and that's why the poetry room has become a a gold standard for for what we do here in Lansing and we need to get a bit tougher we need to write a bit more and be more competitive so we can um, compete in these national plans and that is my hope and my dreams and and people saw the 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 success of the poetry room but you know you have to come with your a-game because it's not that we don't we accept everybody but when you come against with me and my friends if you have a slot right after them 
and you just weren't prepared and you just weren't ready, it's a little bit harder, right? So that's why the poetry room is so exciting. Anybody can sign up, but you're going to meet some very talented people. I think that and that just pushes us off. Yeah, go ahead. Exactly, exactly. It pushes it pushes you all. I'm, you know, it's it's. I've seen poetry. I don't know. Maybe it seems like the past eight, ten years. It has just proliferated in so many different forms and and become, um, not you know, so ivory tower out of reach. Uh, as as it may have seemed in the past, I'm I'm interested from each of you why why do you think that's happened? Why do you think poetry has become this a more powerful, accessible way of of connecting? I, I feel like uh, uh, either of you jump in. <laughs> no, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. Bob. Well, I think I was just going to say I think um, there's something about the la- the way language works in poetry that it's surprising, it's immediate, it's visceral. I think that there's something about the way the language works that expands the world of the poet, but also those listening. So I think there's something world-expanding about it that people are yearning for. Definitely. In in the sense of uh, poetry, poetry has a very low bar of entry. I mean, all I ask, when I work with students, I say, just tell me a story. But it has to be completely honest. It's a very low entry. Um, you know, if you're learning to play music or learning how to play the guitar, you need a guitar, et cetera, et cetera. Poetry, you just, you don't even need a pen. You could just like recite it in your head and then you could go on stage. Um, it's a low entry, um, but to be very good is very hard as well. So speaking of students, you know, some students are English majors. They do poetry. They, uh, you know, some people pursue that for I guess this is kind of a two-part question and and you know interested in you both and 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 talking about it what about for students who aren't studying English why does poetry matter and then kind of part b of that is why does poetry matter to the community besides to those of us who love it or write it or create it or perform it so Barb, you go first uh, with you know talk about students. Why does why should should a science student or uh, somebody studying aviation or robotics care about poetry? Well, part of what I was saying before about how it expands your world, I think, is just core and basic. But so I'm a literature and a writing professor, and I think poetry fits in any classroom and and pretty much at any moment in the classroom. Um, that it's it's um, a medium that helps us explore concepts. For me, in my classrooms, I I find value in it so much for how it often loosens up students' ideas about how language can be used, broadens their understanding about ways to come at an idea with different types of language, different voice, those kinds of things, and that it surprises. I think every human being needs to be surprised in in good ways to stop and think about things in a different way. And I think poetry, there's something about it that, um, that does that. It helps you stop and be surprised. And being able to think about things in a different way is Always. hugely important to problem solving in whatever field you pursue. Um, yeah, that definitely. And, and Masaki, you having created the Poetry Room, uh, you do workshops in, in schools. You've been uh, a guest here leading a workshop through LCC's Take a Stand, Sit In. Uh, what's, why does it matter to the health of a community? 
to have a vital poetry scene? I definitely think, and from my experience, and it's how I feel, why it's important to me. If I don't tell my story, then somebody else will tell it for me. Especially when uh, you are part of some kind of repressed um, minority group, you have to speak out on it. I know for a fact, like some of my favorite poets, most of them are women, and and women poets make me more empathetic into like the experience that they have. And I like those are some of the deepest connections that I have when I meet them, and I tell them I thank them for for making me more empathetic in, into the way that as my male privilege does, and I'm more aware of it because of the poetry that they write. Um, and and you don't, I can tell you about certain things of my aspects of my life. You don't have to, you don't have to experience it, but you can, I can put that feeling into your hands. And if I don't share that, somebody will tell it for me. And this story is only mine to tell. That's really powerful. And, and everybody deserves that opportunity to tell their own story. Um, you know, in, in, in Lansing, our, um, uh, there, there are, we recently, I think, was it 20, maybe it was 2017? Might have been a little earlier, and, and Masaki, you know, uh, we have uh, established a poet laureate, uh, and, and who was a, a, a faculty member, retired faculty member of Lansing Community College, Dennis Henriksen. Um, and to me, that speaks of a commitment of the community to, uh, to the value of poetry, our Lansing um, Economic Area Partnership, um, LEAP, the head of that, Bob Chisice, uh also uh, does poetry. Um, do you feel supported, Masaki, in the community, um, you know, on the, the city hall uh, economic side of things? Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't so far, but I am interested. Uh, like, um, I haven't really gone into that, all that. I did recently turn uh, the poetry room into a nonprofit. Uh, I mean, I'd like to be able to bring in more talent to big, have bigger events, um, but that all takes a lot of time and money, and I haven't been able to do that. I have all these like ideas because the poetry room made me realize one thing is that anything is possible. Everything I thought of, I made possible, um, and we were able to do that in Lansing. But I'm only limited by two things: that's time and money so mm. that's the same that next skill that i'm trying to master that's yeah time and money and and but that's uh pretty incredible to have, have made that that dream come true so i believe you will continue with that we're talking with uh barb clower uh, lansing community college professor of integrated english and with masaki takahashi who is a performance uh, spoken word artist and who runs the Poetry Room open mic and we're talking about the power of poetry. Um, Poetry, let's hear a poem. Barb, I know you brought uh, an example of uh, uh, one of the, you brought a couple of different things. Which one would you like to share? Well, I I, I love the earliest one just sort of as a bookend in the sense that um, this came from the first time I came back to campus after being inspired about community generated poetry and asked my students to jump in with me, and they said, sure. So um, I gave them two prompts, just America is dot, 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 and an America acrostic, which is uh, writing you know, a, a line for each letter of a word. 
And then I took that language and made this poem. It's called America Is. America is a contradiction, arrogance plus ignorance, like those who once thought the sun revolved around the earth, a meddling klutz who means well but falls in the pool just dipping its toes in, a moody teenager pushing away the adults but still asking for dinner, a pep squad shouting, 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 tossing each other in the air, smiling through a pulled muscle. America is the gusting wind fraying its own flag, a dog snapping and barking to be loved. The shock of a cold lake full of bright fish after a hot tub of rippling anger. Apathy catcalls empathy. An illness chokes America, rectangular like money, always open to the prospect of development, merchandise everlasting, absolved of accountability. America is a mirage, ephemeral as a cloud floating away, blocking the sun even as it evaporates. <laughs> that's, that's wonderful. All student words. Those were student words. And when I, when I shared this with them, I called it Your Words, My Weaving. And that's why it was a really creative experience for me as well to write that poem, which is why I wanted students to be able to have the experience of writing the poems as well. Um, you know, I, I selfishly got a lot out of being able to play with that language. That's a good thing. Mm -hmm. That's a good thing. <laughs> you both do so much for your students. Um, I'm, I'm really appreciative, and I know the students are and your colleagues. Um, I'd love to hear more poems. I'm sure our listeners would too. I think that's all the time we have today for this show. Uh, but I want to direct everybody to uh, our website, lccconnect.org. And you can go there. You can uh, hear this show and other shows on demand. You can connect with Barb and Misaki. And you'll also find links to the Poetry Room the LCC Poetry Project, and to other poetry-related poetry information. Thank you both so much. Thank you, Barb. It's Thank been you. a pleasure. Thank you, Masaki, for being here. It's been great to talk about the power of poetry. And thanks to you, our listeners. Special thanks to our producers, Lane Ingram and Dedalian Lowry, and to Andy Callis for composing our theme music. I'm Melissa Kaplan, and this is Galaxy Forum on LCC Connect.